G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In Psalm 77, we read, you are the God who performs miracles. There's a beautiful worship song which echoes the words of the psalmist that says to God, you are great, you do miracles so great. Both the psalmist and Christians who sing this song can proclaim from experience that our God is a miracle-working God. And the Christian faith is built upon miracles, the virgin birth, the miracles of the Bible, the resurrection of Christ. There are more miracles recorded in the life of Jesus than at any other time in the Bible. Of course, there are many who deny that these things ever took place. Then there are others who accept the miracles of Christ in the Bible, but do not believe that miracles happen today. This kind of thinking has robbed Christianity of the expectation of the supernatural. Personally, I refuse to believe in a God who doesn't perform miracles. And what's more, I certainly can't believe in a God who once performed miracles but doesn't do so anymore. For He is the Lord who changes not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program once again. Phil here and this week our subject is Miracles. It's going to be quite an interesting topic this week. There seems to be a lot of interesting miracles today, not only in the church, but also in the world. And Ken, there seems to be a real focus on the supernatural these days. Yeah, you're right, Phil. Uh, of course, you know, we've had miracle crusades for decades now where people come and watch the evangelist perform miracles of healing. But what's happening in recent times is a greater emphasis on Christians being trained up for miracles. Now, mm. as a pastor, I often receive information about seminars or conferences where this kind of thing takes place. Now, I think it's fair to say that um, there is a great emphasis today worldwide, both in and outside of the church, on the supernatural. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got TV programs about that sort of thing and so on. And we've got to keep in mind, of course, that what God does, the enemy will also try to counterfeit. But we need to focus upon the miracles for which God is the source. Let's start with the definition then. What actually qualifies as a miracle? I mean, sometimes things happen in someone's life that might be just some incredible coincidence. They'll say, wow, that was a miracle. Or maybe others will be more skeptical and say, no, 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 it wasn't. It was just a coincidence. So what's the deal? Well, in the context of what we're looking at this week, Phil, you know, miracles for which God is the source. I came across this definition in the context of what is called the gift of miracles mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, I think it's a good definition. Here it is, quote, A miracle is the supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature by the Holy Spirit through a spirit-filled believer. It often involves the temporary suspension of natural laws. End of quote. Now, when we're talking about miracles, they're actually rated higher in the New Testament than healings. You know, we have a lot of emphasis on healings. Mm -hmm. But um, in the list of the gifts of the Spirit that I just mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, we read this, that God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings. Mm. This is something really appealing about miracles, though, because a miracle is something that we can't do by natural means. If God doesn't do it, then it's not going to happen. 
So the definition that you just gave, uh, that a miracle involves the temporary suspension of natural laws, is very helpful. I guess the next question then is why? What's the purpose of miracles? Yeah, good question. Um, because I think some people chase miracles. Uh, of course, that's that's wrong. Uh, that's something we don't encourage. And mm. we might talk a bit more about that tomorrow. But what I find helpful in responding to that question is to learn that actually there are four New Testament words that are translated or associated with the working of miracles. Okay, so here they are. The first one is dunamis. I think a lot of us are familiar with that word. We know that it's the word from which we get the word dynamite. Mm. And it just simply means power, like an explosion of power, if you like. Um, so a miracle is a direct manifestation of God's power. Here's an example. Uh, we read in Acts chapter 19 that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And in the next verse, it goes on to tell us what those were, that people were even bringing handkerchiefs and aprons. And mm. you know, Paul was praying over those and the sick from where they came we're, we're getting, getting healed. Better. So yeah. that's that's powerful. That's dynamite. Here's another word, Simeon. It means sign. So the purpose here, the first one you could say was just a manifestation of God's immediate presence that he's, you know, manifested himself in a powerful way. Yeah. But the second word is a sign which actually confirms the message that's being preached. So a sign is acting as credentials, if you like, Um Here's, here's that word where where the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. In other words, show us your credentials. You're, you're teaching all this stuff. Do something, that, do something rather that will demonstrate you are from God. Yeah. All right, we said there were four words in the New Testament that are translated as miracle. First one's power. Yep. The second one is a sign. It's two more. What are they? Okay. All right, well, the next one is a Greek word tiras, which means wonder. So this word describes the element of surprise or amazement that follows the working of a miracle. You know, when people just feel in awe. Wow, you know, we've seen something incredible that only God could do. The, the sense of wonder that it brings. Uh, actually, that word is never used on its own. It's always used with one of the previous words, either the power word or the sign word, signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. uh, you remember Peter prayed, I think it was uh, uh, in the upper room. He said, now, Lord, behold their threats. Grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So do stuff that's going to cause them to just stand in wonder and awe at your presence, um, you know, at this time. Mm. Okay, the, the, the last word is also an interesting word. It's the word ergon, which is works. And this word actually, Phil, emphasizes the service that comes out of the miracle. You know, it's not miracles for miracle's sake, it's actually some good is coming out of those miracles. For example, the sick were healed. Yeah. Um, the hungry were fed, you know, the feeding of the 5,000. Um, Jesus turned the water into wine to save an embarrassing situation at a wedding there where they'd run out of wine. Uh, sometimes you raise the dead. So there's always a service. Someone, someone was served. Uh, it was a good work for someone mm. or a group of people that came out of that miracle. So those words were dunamis, power. Yep. Uh, Simeon, is that how you pronounce yep. it? There we go. I'm learning Greek as we go. That means to sign. Uh, Taras, wonder, yep. and ergon, or works. Yeah. Those four words. Okay. Well, just as we finish up today, can you just give us a comment on another part of the definition that you gave earlier about miracles? You said that a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature by the Holy Spirit through a Spirit-filled believer. Yeah. So any Christian who believes in miracles can be used by God to do miracles. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, that's true. It's not just, of course, what I'm saying is is what Jesus said. He said, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, we're going to talk about that this week, Phil, because um, often I think you know we get some wrong ideas that the more spiritual you are, Mm. uh, the more God is going to use you. And so it comes back on to us that we've got to qualify, we've got to measure up, we've got to be amongst that elite group that God is using to do yeah. miracles. Yeah. And uh, i tell you where I was really um, kind of confused in that area in probably the earlier days of my Christian life. Um, you know that scripture where where um, somebody was trying to cast out demons and uh, the demon said, you know, Jesus we know and Paul we know, yeah, but who are you? Who are you? Yeah. And so the teaching went that, that sort of came out of that was, so you've got to be known in the kingdom of darkness. You've got to be a big shot. <laughs> oh, my goodness, there's Jesus, there's Paul. But who's this guy, you know? Mm. Well, but when you look at that scripture, um, it's not talking about that at all. These guys weren't even Christians. They were, they were uh, Jewish exorcists, you know. They were trying to do what they'd seen Paul do. Yeah. Now, they weren't even saved. So it's not a question of, hey, you've got to be known in the kingdom of darkness. You've got to be a real super spiritual giant in the kingdom of God before you can do miracles. The fact is we just need to be available to him. And I've got this phrase that I often use, Phil, is that I'm open for business. Uh, I'm available to God. If God wants to do anything in me and through me today, here I am, Lord, use me. And so I guess this weekend we're going to work through how can we actually work past that, that myth in our own lives of the fact that we're not qualified. Yes, we want to dispel that myth and and some of the other myths that are associated with the supernatural and with doing miracles. We're on the subject of miracles today and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.